Welcome to episode 15 of the Banana Stand Podcast. We will be reviewing season one, episode 15, Staff Infection. The Bluth Company is dealing with a financial strain due to a new sub-development. The whole staff is going without paychecks, and that includes the Bluths, who have never worked a day in their lives. Michael, it's Friday. Everybody coasts on Friday. It's actually Saturday. (sighs) Finally, I'm out of here. I'll see you Tuesday. I'm serious, Lindsay. This is why your employees hate you. They're actually quite fond of me. (laughs) Okay, guys, back to staff meeting. Although Buster is against working at first. I'm a scholar. I enjoy scholarly pursuits. (sighs) Suddenly playing with yourself is a scholarly pursuit. Even Buster gets to work. I'm reinforcing the header! Tobias also heads to work, researching the role of frightened inmate number two under George until... I sold you for a pack of cigarettes. And we see the chicken dance for the very first time. Chicken sounds. Chickens don't clap! Welcome to episode 15 of the Banana Stand podcast, Staff Infection. We review season one, episode 15. I am Joe Aguirre. She is Eden Fritz Aguirre. I think we can both agree this is a great episode. I just love the irony behind the non-working Bluths being the most upset about not receiving their paycheck. <laughs> I mean, to the point where Lindsay actually went to work to pick it up when she then interrupted the meeting. But this is all thanks to the sub-developments, which is causing a bit of a financial strain. I also love that both Michael and George Michael want their teams to push through and sacrifice. Identical twins, am I right? Yep, I love it. I'm excited to get into the George Michael meter a little later on. I got to say, Dad, it was a tough decision this week. I think you're going to be impressed, though. I look forward. I look forward. And after we review the episode, we'll share our Mr. Manager of last week and this week, which I am super excited about. That's a really cool thing. I like that you came up with that concept. I think it's a a really cool way to uh, appreciate the people who are supporting and listening to the Banana Stand podcast. Absolutely. It's a very small but close-knit community, so I think, you know, really appreciating the people that we have is important. Well, we're Arrested Development nerds. Uh, it's it's a sense of humor that I think uh, applies to smart, sophisticated, very attractive people. Definitely. You have to be very smart to understand a lot of these jokes. And a lot of them, you know, have to, you have to think back to older episodes. So if you really have to be dedicated in order to appreciate this show for what it offers. I also, any episode that features White Power Bill is uh, a good episode in my book. Oh, that, uh, oh, what did Tobias call him? A shiny tower of a building? Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, I I love this episode. This is so funny. Um, the the game of bulldozer uh, chicken that they played was definitely a classic. What are we in the tiny town from Footloose? <laughs> Lindsay was really great this episode, and I'm glad you brought her up. So she goes to the Bluth Company office to get her paycheck, which she then finds out she's not getting, and she joins the staff meeting. And she treats the employees to non-fluorescent lighting because she just wants to curl up and forget about the world. And then she tells them that she's taking them to lunch. But unfortunately, they accidentally board Lupe's family reunion bus and they get stranded on Catalina Island. What a great boss she is. Now, I might be wrong here. Maybe I don't understand, but it seems like they're being taken by like a coyote across the border. Is that the joke when, when they get in, right? Am I wrong? I would think so. I wasn't sure, but I, I kind of thought that that's what was going on. Uh, yeah, funny 
the fluorescent lighting, uh, they're all quick to agree with Lindsay on that. They really are sheep. They really are. And if you notice, and they actually say this on the Arrested Development Wikipedia, but every time you saw the employees all herded together, like walking aimlessly, there was always one employee in the back wearing a black sheet, uh, excuse me, a black shirt to refer to the fact that, you know, they are sheep. But there's one black sheep, of course. I love that Lucille didn't want to give Lupe the day off for the family reunion. That is typical of Lucille. Let alone let them use the parking lot for their bus <laughs> as the meeting spot. I know. Horrifying. Can you imagine? There's always the um, th- those weird scenes with Tobias um, when she's trying to get him uh, prepared for his role as frightened inmate number two when he asks her to say something scary and she invites him in and uh, he says it did nothing for him. Yeah, that's just Tobias for you. I, <laughs> you know. It is Tobias. It's sad. It's a sad, sad Tobias. Well, it must be hard being an Evernude when there's only, you know, a handful of them. And it's not even recognized in the United States. Yeah, but I he, feel bad for him. He doesn't do nude scenes. It's on his resume. Right. I don't know how they didn't get that. Uh, another great scene in here, or at least a, a, I should say exchange, Michael and Lucille are talking, and she uses the word image, and he corrects it with illusion, which was really funny. Uh, Whenever I hear the that. word illusion, though, I think illusions, Michael. A trick is something a whore does for money. I do have um, a trivia question. I would like to. Uh um, I would like to uh, drop on you at this point. Uh, we've seen it before, but um, at one point you see the feds kind of watching the Bluth Company, and uh, there is a van. Do you remember what the name on the van was? Um. Hmm. Uh-oh. feel good about this one. I don't remember specifically, but I know it has to deal with blend in, but I don't remember specifically. Yes. I know in the last episode it had to do with dogs. I don't remember what the van said. You got me. Blend in electric company. Ah, electric company. Unbelievable. Did you? Why did you say it? Oh, my goodness. She had it written down. I wanted you to feel good about yourself. Oh, well, you're so <laughs> funny. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why you. I don't know why you cheated yourself like that. You, you my goodness gracious, you did have well, it. Well, because I dropped, I dropped the bar a little bit for you. I, my question was that, and then my second question was, where does the Bluth Company go instead of the lunch that Lin, that Lindsay had promised? And I've already said it this episode. Right, Catalina Island. Right. Well, I've got a, I've got one for you that I, oh. I'm sure you might not even know who this person is, uh, but in this scene with the warden. And Tobias, he mentions that there is another famous actor at the prison who is also researching a role. What actor, who's not at all in the show, and I don't believe ever ever makes an appearance at all, who is he referring to? Hmm. Oh, I know who it was. Steve Buscemi. Oh, Buscemi. It's Steve Buscemi. Oh, I didn't even pronounce it right. That's I, okay. That's disappointing. Nailed it, though. Yeah. I did not think that you would get that one at all. Well, because I love him. He's great. I mean, Monsters, Inc., Randall. How could I not? He is great as Randall. No doubt about but it. But you are right. He never makes an actual appearance on the show. Just his name is dropped. Um, This is actually a question for you because I don't know his career that well. Was there actually a role around this time that, you know, he was 
doing research for like a prison role for a movie did he do anything related to that um you know actually he would have been in the sopranos right about that or at least prepping to be in the sopranos which actually would make sense uh because according to the sopranos long story short they allude in the early seasons to the class of 2000 Okay. And then those guys get out of prison and they have to like reacclimate to the gang. Oh. And one of those guys is played by Steve Buscemi. Oh, what are the odds of that? Well, hey, look at that. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if, if they if they were aware of that and just kind of wrote that in as a joke. It, it, it definitely would have made sense. I, I don't recall yeah. now uh, back in 2003. Obviously, I watched it from the beginning. I don't know if I, I mean, again, it was Steve Buscemi. I don't know if I was like, oh, because he's I don't know, but. Uh, I just thought about actor. it now. I mean, the writers of the show are just so creative that naturally they would do something like that. Also, now that we're talking about um, trivia and the um, the SEC, the vehicle they had, um, I think that also related to a movie that um, Jane Lynch had done where she also had to use like a, a vehicle of that kind. I don't know enough I, about I sh- Jane Lynch to be able to help you here. I'm sorry. I thought you did. Never mind. No, I do. I like Jane Lynch. She was all we, over we, Fox. and Yeah. Um, after appearing on Arrested Development a few times, like I said, she eventually got her own show and was kind of the darling at Fox for a while. You know what? If people in the comments, maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. I saw it somewhere while doing my research for this episode. If you guys catch it, please let me know. I don't want to feel like I'm going crazy. And if she doesn't know what she's talking about, you can comment that as well. Yeah, please let me know. That'd be really helpful. Um, Lindsay arrives with Lupe's family as scabs for the work site, and Michael tries to smooth everything over by treating everyone to Lucille's what kind of groceries? Oh, um. You're never going to get this. There's no way. Quality plus? Is that uh, what it is? Quantity plus. Oh, quantity. Of course, that one letter got You're me. so close all the time. I had seen a meme earlier, you know, when she goes to get her, like, membership card picture taken. Oh, right. I saw a picture of um her where she's, like, freaking out because that woman who's smoking the cigarette getting ready for yeah. her turn pops up. That is so funny. But, no, that's good. I mean, pretty close. Oh, how about when they steal uh, George Michaels, the feds bust in, and they steal George Michael's, they think they're getting a file on right. the Bluth family, and it's George Michael's, like, art projects from when he was a kid. I'm glad you had said that, because I wanted to jump back to that. Um, earlier on in the episode, you'll remember that Michael goes for a bike ride to clear his head, and he stops by the banana stand to spend time with George Michael. But meanwhile, he had been getting teased by Anyang and Maybe, who were working with him at the banana stand. You know, where he was telling them to push through and sacrifice. But basically, they tease him into thinking, oh, father no love, Michael. Oh, man. Yeah, Anyang. you jumped over that whole thing. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Why I definitely did. Why everybody forget about Anyang, this poor kid? Easy to overlook. So, oh, that's terrible. So they tell um, they tell Michael that, or excuse me, they tell George Michael that Michael is too busy for him. So then George Michael goes to the Bluth Company office where he finds Lindsay, who's freaking out because the employees are missing. And now they're completely wasting the work day. So she was like, listen, you can run the office for me. I'm going to go. And then he's running the office for his dad, which I feel terrible about. And then he finds the artwork only for the SEC to steal it and poorly sneak out of the office. There's a great scene, too, or, or 
while while Anyang's talking, there's a subtitle. Hello. Oh, really? Well, yeah, Anyang, and obviously we find out later on his name is Hello. Yes. Which is really funny because Anyang is Korean for hello. Is it really? Yes. Oh, that's too funny. Yes. See, the Blue family just struggles with some languages. As we learn that Job uh, that is, is so, so good at French, funny. he knows a little Italian, took Spanish for four years, doesn't remember a word of it, and then they have no idea with Korean. Like, they, they just have no idea what they're doing. Although, even when Michael goes and picks up a little Korean with Miss Barely, and they all say Anyang to him when he walks in, he's like, yes, hello. They, all, they just miss these obvious clues. It's hysterical. Another one of the funny moments... Of this show and the brilliance behind it, uh, as Lindsay is driving into the construction site, one of Lupe's family members is on top of the uh, stair car. Oh, I have that written down. That is so funny. Smacks his head. What does this sign say? Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't remember. Drive safely. Oh, go figure, right? Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I mean, Love it. there's constant problems with the stair car, which I can't wait to see in later seasons, because as we remember, when George Michael gets to college, I don't want to spoil too much, um, he hits part of the stair car somewhere, and it gets stuck, and then he walks away and pretends it wasn't him. But I, I love whenever they incorporate the stair car into it. It's just so funny, and it's I can't believe right into a drive safely sign. Typical. Yeah, seriously. Uh, just, I, I think this is a really funny episode, just like all in all. Uh, definitely made me laugh a whole bunch. You and I were in Stitches when we watched it the other night. I forgot how good this one was. It's one of the best episodes, I think. And I this goes back to me saying, you know, I really think season one is definitely the best. It has some of the funniest episodes of the whole show. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think two and three are great as well. And oh, yeah. I know people struggle with four and five, but I think... Season one, that was just perfect. Agreed. Um, season one, to me, is was so outstanding. And, and it's hard, I think, for any season. I feel the same way about The Office. It started, for me, it got a little more uh, unrealistic as the seasons wore on. And I thought, yeah. and I hate to say this, because, you know, I love him, but I thought Steve Carell's Michael Scott was too over the top. I it started agree. to it started to get on my nerves, especially as a manager. I agree. This is definitely one of those the first episodes where Anyang spoke English, yes. which which was very telling. And again, I remember when that happened because we didn't know who this was or what the idea behind this character was. And then the the idea that he did understand English uh, and understood a lot more than the Bluths had any idea at all was really funny. Uh, question two for you, or not even a question, but you had mentioned uh, David Cross and James Lipton. We're not buddies, and obviously when Lipton gets hired onto the show, David Cross, I guess in his comedy, uh, has sort of lambasted the man. He his work, yeah, and James Lipton was not, he, he didn't really care for that. Yeah, David Cross, literally in his stand-up act, used to make fun of James Lipton. He called him pretentious. Uh, he actually called him the most pompous, arrogant failure in history. Oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh, yeah. So, again, as you could imagine, um, for the, the these two guys to, to work together was huge. Uh, <laughs> but they did an excellent job together. I mean, a weird combination of people, but I feel like they work very well together. And they're both very funny, so I think they pair nicely. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 
Um, George Michael meter time. Are we getting there? Because I'm really curious your thoughts on George Michael. I think he's been uh, pretty fantastic of late. He was great this episode, and I feel very bad for him. So I'm just going to say the number first because I know everyone in the room is going to freak out. I'm already doing it. Ten. Wow, no way. Yes way. Well, there's a number of reasons why I'm giving him a ten. First of all, he's one of the only Bluths that work, if you think about it, because Michael does, and then... I can't think of anybody else. True. Michael does always sort of beat the idea into his head that he has to work hard for the rest of his life. The feel the sweet the sweet sweat on your forehead after a long day's work. I feel bad for him. You know, in this episode, he's working hard. He's also without pay because that is a Bluth company. You know, it's part of the company. Um, and he's, again, pushed through and sacrificed. We got this. And his cousins are teasing him. Well... On Yong's not his cousin. I guess that's his no. uncle. Yeah. Oh, I even think about his, that. It's his yeah. It's his, it's uncle his uncle and his cousin. Well, they're both teasing him. You know, father no love George Michael, and I feel bad for him because again, working hard, doing the best he can. I I just feel bad for him. Oh, and then he loses all of his artwork that he didn't realize his dad had been oh, saving I know. over the year. Oh my goodness! That was absolutely crushing. Also, he went to the Bluth Company and ended up doing work too. That poor kid can't catch a break. So that's why I give him a ten. But here's, I struggled. Here's what people don't understand about Eden, and this is important <laughs> because she's a huge fan of the show. She doesn't like Michael Sarah. Yes, just generally speaking. I don't know. It's just something about him I don't like. And then, as I've said before, his character development in the later seasons, I just don't like where he goes as a character. I'm cool with him right now. Eden I don't and like I, the creepy comment cousins. Eden and I have the perfect Michael-George Michael relationship. And I it's because of her great dislike for, for Michael Sarah, I believe, and the fact that she loves Jason Bateman, that she sees us as more of a George and Michael and um, I've never committed any sort of treason, even the light kind. So I, uh, but it's oh, funny. Oh, I didn't get that page. No, I'm teasing. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I've always sort of saw you and I as kind of a Michael, George Michael. But you don't want it, you don't want it to be that. Well, because that makes I don't you George want us Michael. to date the same girl. I don't want to have to punch you in the face. I don't know. That's I really just, funny. I, I and all good, good valid sister. reasons. I do. Have, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I agree. As long as you don't commit any treason, please don't. I'll try not to. Well, real quick, since we did the George Michael meter, and we're talking about Mr. Manager, so this is something we recently started. It it was just an idea that I had of doing a Mr. Manager of the Week, and this is like an award that goes to people in the in the Arrested Development community who are dedicated and are active. So last week, we agreed Rona Page, who... I mean, family love Rona. I mean, she is incredible. She's posting multiple times daily about the show. She loves it so much. Also, she's a huge fan of Michael, a.k.a. Jason Bateman. Loves him. And then for this week, we said John Green, who is not to be confused with the author of The Fault in Our Stars. Funny. Have you read that book yet? It's excellent. No, I haven't. But, again, not the same guy. So... John Green, his son, when he had a school ID and he taped it onto himself and called himself the house manager, which John then told him that he is the Mr. Manager of the house. So we're going to say that he is our Mr. Manager of the week. I assume John's son probably didn't get the joke. No, actually, John even said he's the only person in the house that understood the joke. Well, John, isn't it nice that a whole bunch of us get the joke with you too now? 
we could celebrate this together as well as, and you actually gave him a, a really great award. I did. I made him a gold anchor. That was pretty cool. You got to see the gold anchor because it's really cool. You can see it on the Facebook page where the announcement was made for John. I thought you did really great work with it. And, and there's even a kind of a gag literally within the award, too. So go ahead and check that out if you want if you want a good laugh. I'm glad you said that because I was about to drop all of our social media. So well, I'm good. glad that you shared that with us. So make sure to like and subscribe to the Banana Sand Podcast, hosted by Transistor FM and available wherever you get your podcasts. See the weekly George Michael Meter on Instagram at the Banana Stand Podcast. We'd love to have you join the Banana Stand Podcast Facebook page for your chance to be our Mr. Manager of the Week. How cool is that? I mean, I want to be Mr. Manager of the Week. You can also check us out on Twitter at Banana Stand Cast and online at clovercrestmedia.com slash the Banana Stand Podcast. The Banana Stand Podcast is presented by the Clovercrest Media Group and is proud to be part of the CMG Podcast Network. For Eden Fritz Aguirre, I am Joe Aguirre. Thanks for listening to the Banana Stand Podcast. And remember, always money in the banana stand. We don't have the money, Pop. Always money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone now, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touch! No touch! No touch.